Today on the newscast, could Psalm 83 lay out a future war between Israel and Iran's proxies that precedes the war of Gog and Magog? We're talking Bible prophecy with Bill Salis next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. For months now, during our Q&A sessions on our weekly Watchman live streams, our viewers have been asking for us to go deeper on Psalm 83. And whether it's a prophetic description of a future war between Israel and the Iranian-backed ring of fire that currently surrounds the Jewish state. I'm talking about Hamas and Islamic Jihad in Gaza, Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, the Houthis in Yemen, and those various radical Iranian-backed Shia militias in Syria and Iraq. Now, some Bible prophecy scholars believe that Psalm 83 has already been fulfilled. Some say it happened during 1948, which marked Israel's war for independence. Others say 1967, during the Six-Day War. Still others say that Psalm 83 is not a prophetic passage at all, or that it found fulfillment during the Old Testament period. Bill Salas says they're all wrong. He's the author of books like Psalm 83, The Missing Prophecy Revealed, arguing that Psalm 83 is an important prophetic event that has yet to be fulfilled. Now, like me, Bill believes that prior to the war of Gog and Magog laid out in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, Israel will be forced to fight an earlier war against its immediate neighbors. I've called this the Great Northern War, where Israel will face off against Iran and Hezbollah in Syria and Lebanon, not to mention the likes of Hamas to the south, which will also get involved. Bill believes this war is laid out in Psalm 83. Now, we don't necessarily agree on everything. I believe that this pre-Gog-Magog war will involve only Iran and its Ring of Fire proxies, who I just laid out for you. Bill believes that Egypt, Jordan, and Saudi Arabia will also join this coalition against Israel. Right now, to me, that looks unlikely. Egypt and Jordan have peace treaties with Israel, although it is a cold peace, and Saudi Arabia may follow soon and join the Abraham Accords. These three and other Sunni Arab nations are aligned with Israel right now against Iran and its proxies. So in my view, if this war is not far off, a lot would have to happen and quickly for these nations to suddenly flip and join with Iran and its proxies against Israel. Bill and I have discussed this off camera and on camera, as you'll see. At the end of the day, only God knows, and it is fascinating to consider, no doubt. But what do you think? Leave a comment here and let us know, and also be sure to subscribe to the Watchman News channel right here on YouTube and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. Hey, Bill Salas is a great guy and a friend. He absolutely does his homework, as you'll see, and he does deep research and knows the Word of God inside and out. You can find all of his books and teachings at prophecydepot.com. Let's go now to my conversation with Bill Salas on Psalm 83, not to mention Isaiah 17, Jeremiah 49, and much more. Take a look. Bill, it is great to have you with us. Finally, we are here. We're going to talk about Psalm 83, a, a topic that our viewers have wanted to hit on for a while now. It seems, and you and I have discussed this, Bill, that before that Gog-Magog war, there has to be another war, another conflict that will essentially set that larger war up. We're going to get into all of that. 
These ancient names are very relevant today. Who are some of the players laid out in Psalm 83? That's important, Eric. You're right. The modern-day equivalents are the very countries and terrorist populations within those countries mm. that have Israel surrounded, have Israel threatened. Uh, you would say you said Edom. They're at the top of the list are actually listed as the tents of Edom in a habitation condition, and that would re usually re uh, be re indicative of refugee scenarios or military encampments. So with Edom, you have ethnical representation in the Palestinians. Edomites have ethnical representation in the Palestinians. Mm. When you talk about up in Tyre, that's where the Hezbollah are up there and says the inhabitants of Tyre. So in other words, they're a state within a state. So we're getting clues of what we see going on right now that this psalm is about ready to happen. And it's interesting, Eric, that in this psalm, those belligerents you talked about, which would also include Jordan, mm -hmm. Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, the Hamas and the Felicia. Felicia, yeah, that so, would be Hamas and Gaza. And you mentioned Tyre, Bill. Tyre and Sidon, that's part of Lebanon. That's right. That's where the Hezbollah are with 150,000 missiles pointed at Israel. Some of those are precision guided. Estimates are they could lob 2,000 missiles a day into Israel uh, in, the, in the next war. And Israel, the Israeli Defense Forces are preparing for such a onslaught to come at them. Hey, some of the rhetoric used uh, by Israel's enemies in Psalm 83. And Bill, I quote, with cunning, they conspire against your people. They plot against those whom you cherish, meaning Israel. Come, they say, let us destroy them as a nation so that Israel's name is remembered no more. Again, this feels very contemporary, yet some say this was already fulfilled in, say, 1948, perhaps 1967 with the Six-Day War. Bill, why do you believe the Psalm 83 war is yet to come? Well, first of all, I, we realize it's actually a prophecy because Asaph, who wrote it, is a prophet. And he lists in that confederacy, we talked about the tents of Edom, the inhabitants of Tyre. So it's not a chronological assortment of Israel's enemies throughout time. It's an actual confederacy that comes together with a cunning plan that wants to wipe Israel off the map. And it says in verse 12, they want to take the pastures of God for themselves as a possession. They want to take the promised land, get rid of Israel, and move the state of Palestine in there. It would be for our time if that's the, their situation. Some people do believe it happened in 1948 because all those countries we talked about in the, by their ancient names were involved in the war of 1948 when Israel became a nation. But that didn't fulfill the prophecy because when you read all the rest of the prophecies, there's 18 verses in Psalm 83. The first one through eight, you could say, hey, maybe that was fulfilled in 1948. But when you see how... Asaph, the prophet, wants God to deal with those belligerents. That has not happened yet. He, he takes us back to the time of Judges. He says, deal with them like Midian and the Gideonites, right? When Gideon and the Sinner Man army. It takes us back to Judges chapter 6 to 8, when the Midianites had oppressed the Jewish people for seven years. And Gideon, with his small army, took out the kings, the princes, all the infantry, 120,000. Uh, and, and the Midianites never oppressed the Jews again. Also, he, he goes to talk, deal with them with the Canaanites, Jabin and Sisera, when they oppressed the Canaanites, the Jews, for 20 years. And Deborah, the prophetess, said, let's go take them out with her, her general Barak. And That's they right. took them all out, the kings and everybody, the full infantry, and they never oppressed the Jews again. And the same thing with 1967, they came back in war. In 1973, they came back mm -hmm. in war. Some of the countries. So uh, I, I don't believe that so many threes happened yet. I think it's on. It's about to happen at the present time, in advance of Ezekiel 38. 
when we go to Ezekiel 38, this prophecy that's very well known by probably many of your viewers, yeah. it pictures an Israel that's dwelling securely without walls, bars, nor gates in a land of unwalled villages. And that Israel can't exist right now because of those Psalm 83 countries. And none of those countries we just identified are listed in Ezekiel 38. So we have two different prophecies going here. And I believe the inner ring of fire that surrounds Israel, yeah. with Hezbollah in them, that has to be taken out of the way. And then there's Israeli defense forces exist in multiple biblical prophecies that show them taking those Arab countries that inner ring of fire to task, destroying yeah. Damascus, taking out parts of Jordan, etc. With the Ezekiel invasion laid out in Ezekiel 38 and 39, the War of Gog and Magog, it was interesting to me that these are, as you described them, Bill, outer ring nations on the outer ring, on the outskirts of Israel, whether it's Russia, Iran, Turkey. These are not nations on Israel's immediate borders. And I thought to myself, well, what about Hezbollah, Hamas, and these enemies that are perched on Israel's immediate borders? You call those the inner ring nations of Psalm 83. And Ezekiel 38, 39, you have the outer ring nations coming in after that Psalm 83 war. Talk more about your take on that, the inner ring and the outer ring and why that's so important. Right, because the Ezekiel 38, which is a very important prophecy that God will stop supernaturally with an earthquake, fire and brimstone. It'll be clear that God stops that, but that does not include any of the Psalm 83 countries. And those are the countries that are in the outer ring, Russia, Turkey, Iran, some of the North African countries, some of the stands, the breakaway Soviet Union, uh, former Soviet Union countries, they were never Israel's notorious enemies. And they're coming after Israel in a time when Israel is dwelling securely in the latter days without walls, bars, nor gates to take plunder and booty, which is a different motive of Psalm 83, which they're coming to take the pastures of God. Yeah. They want to wipe Israel off the map and take the promised land. So they've, they've, they've never been Israel's notorious enemies, and they even got to come through those countries, those inner ring of fire, down from Lebanon, they come from the innermost parts of the north. Why wouldn't Hezbollah be involved? You right. know, why would not Hamas, a proxy of Iran, be involved? Why would not Syria be involved, listed by Ezekiel yeah. 38? The, the thing is, he's very descriptive about who he, he includes, but he's very intentional, I think, in who he omits. Yeah, and they've been dealt with already in the Psalm 83 war, basically. Hamas, that's how Hezbollah, would, and that's the how immediate. Would sequence those. Yeah. Correct. Hey, Bill, let me ask you about three nations that you and I discussed this recently, too, that I'm intrigued by that are named in the Psalm 83 war, or at least it seems to allude to them, Egypt, Jordan, and Saudi Arabia. Now, obviously, all three of those nations have good relations with Israel right now. Egypt and Jordan have peace treaties with Israel. Saudi Arabia may eventually come on board the Abraham Accords and have official relations with Israel. Well, yes, and we'll start with Jordan. You know, when we look at biblical prophecies, we see Jordan is listed in Psalm 83 under Ammon and Moab. Those were the children of Lot, and he was modern-day Jordan, northern and central Jordan. They're the subject of two end times prophecies that show there'll be, Jeremiah 49, verse 2 says, there'll be coming a day in Ammon, where the capital of the Rabbah, the Ammonites, where the capital of Ammon is, where there'll be an alarm of war. And it says it will be reduced to a desolate mound and her villages shall be burned with fire, then Israel shall take possession of his inheritance, thus says the Lord. We've got another couple of prophecies in Zephaniah 2, which says the same thing. In other words, the peace treaty is going to fold. It's going to be voided out. It's very fragile. Egypt, they're involved in Isaiah chapter 19 with a major judgment. It goes Isaiah 19, 1 through 18. And we find out all these things are collapsing inside of Egypt. They're their economy, all, all who make wages are troubled the soul. And we find out the reason is because there's a terror going on in the land of Judah. 
down in Israel. There's there's a confrontation, probably the Psalm 83 thing. And what it says there, and, and that day, when this confrontation's over in Isaiah 19:18, and that day the land of Egypt will speak, five cities in the language, land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan, which is Hebrew. One of those cities will be called the city of destruction. So it looks to me like Egypt and Jordan are all part of Psalm 83. Saudi Arabia, if we have time, they're the subject of four end time biblical prophecies. Uh, Bill, I want to ask you before we go real quick, you mentioned the destruction of Damascus a few times. People might be saying, wow, what are you talking about? Damascus, it's one of the world's oldest inhabited cities. Tell us about Isaiah 17, number one. Secondly, you mentioned Jeremiah 49. Uh, real quick, if you could tell us the significance of that prophecy as well. Right. Well, I'm going to start with Jeremiah 49, and then we'll dovetail into how that may be connected to Isaiah 17 with Damascus. Jeremiah 49, verses 34 through 39 has another end times prophecy dealing with Iran. Iran is in Ezekiel 38 under the banner of Persia, but before Ezekiel wrote about two decades prior, Jeremiah, his contemporary, wrote a prophecy in the latter days. It's only six verses about Iran, and I believe it's got nuclear implications. It says the Lord is going to be really angry, and he's going to create a disaster in that area, and he's going to break the bow of Elam, meaning they'll probably take out the missile launchers that they've got in that area, which is by the east coast, excuse me, the west coast of Iran. So it's by the Persian Gulf where the Bashar nuclear reactor is. That's where their underground missile silos are that are pointed at Israel. The portable rocket launchers, they got missiles that can get to Israel in eight minutes. That's not going to happen. The Lord's going to stop that out. And it looks like when that happens, a disaster happens, it says all the indigenous population of that area will flee to the nations of the world. There'll be a worldwide scattering. No nations where the outcasts of Elam don't go. I think when, when that happens and Israel's gearing up to attack Iran right now as we air this show, yeah. um, I think they're going to Iran's going to call on their proxies. And when, when Hezbollah is sending 2,000 missiles from the north and Syria is sending chemical weapons from the east of Israel and Hamas is lobbing 1,000 missiles a day from the Gaza, and the Houthis say they can actually hit Tel Aviv now, Israel is, it looks like Israel is going to have to respond and take out a, a city, an Arab city, Damascus. Isaiah 17 verse 1 says, Damascus will cease from being a city. Will be a ruinous heap. Isaiah 17:9 says, "The desolation is caused by the children of Israel." The IDF. Yeah. And Isaiah 14 says, "It happens overnight. One night you see Damascus, but in the morning he's no more." This is a portion of those who rob us and those who plunder us. Meaning, it's Israel acting in self-defense. Eric, we're looking at, in my estimation, of a a time where prophecy is about to find fulfillment. And your, your viewers need to be aware of the fact that these things were foretold by Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Zechariah and many of the prophets for us to know about right now. Wow. And like you said, Bill, uh, some of this may just seem sudden, almost sudden, in one night. Uh, some of these events, I think the world will be stunned uh, about what's about to unfold. Hey, as we close here, you mentioned Isaiah 19. I think of, hey, this is not the end of the story. Yes, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, and things will get interesting, let's just say for sure, and there will be perilous times. But when I think of Isaiah 19 also, I think of that highway that God talks about going from Assyria through Israel into Egypt, and Assyria, Israel, Egypt are, are together. When the dust settles eventually, uh, looking ahead, give us some encouragement, Bill, as we close. Yes, we're talking right now about wars and rumors of wars, but there, there is a glorious ending to all of this. Well, there is. And we'll start with Isaiah 19. It does conclude with talking about what goes on in the millennial kingdom after Jesus Christ returns in the second coming and establishes his reign on over the earth for a thousand years. It says Egypt will have, have a remnant of people who become saved. 
during the tribulation period. They, so they somehow survive the tribulation period. Syria will, Assyria will, Jordan will also. Israel certainly will have a faithful Jewish remnant. Iran, the Elam prophecy even talks about them having been restored to their fortunes. And there's, there, I've written a book called The Millennium Prophecies that show lots of Gentile nations that are going to have saved people that will inhabit the Messianic kingdom. But right now we're looking at an important time where biblical prophecy is about to happen. They're going to roll off their ancient parchments and pound down on the pavement. And they will pack a powerful global punch, which at the top of the list, though, means that Jesus Christ is going to come get his bride because they're not appointed to the wrath of the tribulation. And that's the good news, Eric. But we have to redeem the time we have now because we're living in the days of prophecy and they're about to find fulfillment. We do. We, we, and like never before, we have to be engaged and we have to be sounding the alarm, Bill. And thank you so much that you are doing exactly that, Bill. Thanks for all your work. Hey, real quick, where can we find your work, your books, your teachings? Where can we go to get more of your work? Well, you can go to prophecydepot.com. That's prophecydepot, like homedepot.com. And i got all my articles, my TV shows, and all my products are on there. we got all kinds of books and DVDs talking about the subject matter you and I discussed today, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Bill, my pleasure. You are prolific, my friend. There's a lot of material there for people to check out at prophecydepot.com. Bill Salas, thanks so much, my friend. It's always great to see you. God bless you. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Eric. Thanks again to my friend Bill Salas for joining us. That was a fascinating conversation. Let us know what you think in the comments section. And don't forget, you can pick up all of Bill's books about Psalm 83 and more at his website, prophecydepot.com. Be sure to check that out. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until next time, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.